This podcast is sponsored by Inside Out Group, the specialists in high-risk and challenging filming and time-lapse, covering health and safety videos for rail, construction, and infrastructure projects nationwide. And we are live. Welcome to this week's Safer Than Your Average. On the show this week, we've got Simon Henser. Simon is a non-safety professional and he's part of a mini-series that we're running of people that have been influential in my career. I've asked Simon to come on because as well as being a managing director for one of the biggest rail supply companies in the industry for the signaling market, he also goes out and engages with his people really well. So he's not just a managing director that sits behind a desk wearing in a fancy suit. He gets to do that sometimes, but he also goes out in the railway and know what wet socks feel like on a Sunday morning after a hard 12-hour shift. So I'm just going to ask Simon to come in and introduce himself. Over to you, Simon. Hi, Blair. Thank you very much for inviting me this evening. It's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. We really appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's it's great to have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, it's quite interesting because I am actually going on site tomorrow morning, so uh, I'm leaving leaving home at five o'clock. First thing down at Warrington to present a safety award to one of our our guys on the uh, on the Siemens project down there. So it's uh, you know I've always said to you I, I like I like to wear the fancy suits and the ties, but I do like to engage with the guys that we have on site and. And you know that's how we met on site. You know, on night shift, um, walking the track on uh, on the Egypt project. And, I, and I've always felt that you know you've got to get out there and get involved in, on that. And, and and we've always been passionate about that. And that's something which I feel that you've got to lead from the front. And uh, my guys are doing it as well. But I think personally, you've, you've got to do it from uh, from the top. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah. And you're very visible in the industry. You go out and you engage with your people really, really well. You've always got that buy-in with them. They all are on first-name terms with you. They can come up and talk to you and talk to you about issues that they've got or any kind of good practice that they've had. And one of the things that we'll probably cover a little bit further on in the podcast is the fact that I was massively impressed when I first seen you presenting your safety awards, that if the guys donate it to charity, you double it. Yes. That's fantastic. What a motivation that is as well for your teams. And, and that's what we're doing tomorrow. Um, one of the guys on site, and he, he's, been, uh, he's been given a safety award for, for stopping work. There was a very dangerous occurrence, not, not with Siemens, but with another contractor. He stopped the work and he used, um, he used a Siemens uh, four steps, which was really, really positive. And again, you know, we said to him, would you like a cash amount or would you like something for charity? And they always choose a charity. They always go for the charity. So it's, it's, it's a real benefit. So he's got the pleasure of me going to site with a few cakes and a certificate and a pat on the back. And it promotes good, good safety behaviour, which is what we're trying to do. Brilliant, brilliant. So I don't know if you've seen the format of the podcast, Simon. We like to just go right back to the beginning. Of a bit deeper of and find out a bit about their background. So if you want to tell us a bit about where you grew up, all oh, right. Well, you can tell by my accent that I grew up in in, in Lancashire in a place called Bury. Um, I was there for about five or six years before I moved. I moved south, um, and I now live in, in in north of London. I think that's probably the easiest place to describe it. Um, 
had a great time up north and it was fantastic but you know what families like we, we, we tend to move and um, I've got uh, into recruitment I, ha I had aspirations when I was young I don't know if you remember this series I don't know if you're old enough to remember this. there was a series on BBC called Lovejoy and it yep. was about antique dealers and I had this idea that I was going to be an antique dealer like Lovejoy and I was going to go around and find these old antiques and sell them and I, I got into it and I was, I was I was I did my A-levels and I got into history and I was, I was really interested in it and um, I got offered a job and this guy mm -hmm. phoned me up, and we met up, and it was for this, uh, this art dealership. And he said, I want you to start as soon as possible. And I was like, oh. I said, I've got my A-levels. He went, well, don't worry about your A-levels. You, you work for me. You'll be traveling the world selling these Japanese antique bronzes. And I said, I put a lot of work in. I, I can't just give it up. And I was only about, to, I think it was Wimbledon time, so it's just about a month or so before the exams. He said, if I don't find anyone... Um, by the time you finish the exams, the job is yours. So I finished my exams, I phoned him up straight away, invited me up to the gallery, and uh, I met the person who had my job, and uh, they, were, they, were very, they were very, very um, experienced, and they spoke six different languages. So I missed out on the opportunity. So I was kind of like, um, you know, what am I gonna do? I wanted to go to antiques, but I always had this, this work element. Um, you know, I'm from a working class family, Blair, you know, I didn't have pots of money to go to university. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought I'm going to work for a year. And I, and I started in the, in the recruitment game. And um, I, I must add that I've never been great at engineering. I've tried engineering. And, mm -hmm. and probably my, my first experience of um, health and safety was working in one of these old workshops where they had the steel saws. Yep. And, you know, the, the way we were taught not to go too close to the steel saw was with a whack on the head. There was no protection. There was uneven flooring. It was, it, was, it was terrible, but I learned very quickly that I wasn't particularly good at that. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I joined uh, MPI as a trainee, um, worked in the defense. So we support uh, the RAF, uh, Marshall's Aerospace. We, we work with them, uh, the BBC, mm -hmm. ITN, um, lots of different companies. And it, it was really exciting. And I, I did lots of traveling, even at a young age. And then one day, um, we started doing work on the railway with this company called Westinghouse. Mm -hmm. And um, we'd always supplied them wiremen, but we hadn't done a lot on site. And then they'd acquired uh, a company called Civil Control UK. And um, I went down to site and I met this guy, a guy called uh, Steve Johnson. He's from Doncaster. And he, he calls everyone, you know, duck. And he, he's, he's brilliant. Great engagement, great in talking to the guys. And I turned up on site in my brand new suit and shoes. And I remember walking through the car park and it was all muddy. And he looked at me and he said, what are you doing? I said, I've, I've come down to see you and bring some PPE for the guys. He went, well, you're going to speak to the guys. I said, I don't know who the guys are. So he introduced me to all the guys. He goes, you're going to come out on site. And I said, I, I, I haven't got a PTS. He said, well, you need to get a PTS. You need to understand you know what what you're dealing with and and that's how it started and i was so lucky that i had somebody like him who sort of took me under his wing mm -hmm. um and it's all about engaging with people and he engaged with me he, he saw that i was keen so i did my first ever commission and you know what commissionings are like they're 12 hours but i think i was about 21 22 and he said i want you to come on a commissioning so i worked all day in the office jumped in my car 
two hours round to, down to Kent, uh, got on the commissioning, and he's like, right, I want you to go and do this, I want you to do that. I'm thinking, it's not quite late now, about 12 o'clock at night. And he's going, have you, have you, have you got a hotel? No, I haven't got a hotel. You didn't work today, did you? No, I didn't work today. He goes, you better stay in the office. And he sort of said to me, he said, why, why would you wanna spend all day working and then go straight into a 12 hour shift? And I did think to myself, what am I doing? And I drove home, I was really tired. And he phoned me about four or five times at the pullover because the phone I had at the time was really old. And I kept to answer, he goes, you're all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine, got home. And he phoned me again. He said, will you ever do that again? And I said, no. And it was, it was in, in those days where you could kind of teach people. And the lesson to me was, you know, you can't do that. And that's why we always insist when guys work, the traveling distance is really important. You know, and, and as I say, and I know how hard it is, as you do, what it's like when you go mm -hmm. from a night shift to a day shift in the following day. You're shattered, aren't you? You know, we both yeah. got, yeah. we've both got children, young children. And, you know, when you're talking to them, it's, it's, it's hard because you want to engage with them, but you need your rest. You need your rest. Yeah. I mean, fatigue is such a huge issue. Um, so yeah, I kind of learned, I kind of learned the hard way. And, and that was a start. That was a start for me in, in, in railways. Um, and I started, you know, engaging with the guys from Steve. Um, and then, you know, we had a few different clients and I think probably I was about 25, 26. And I met this guy called Mark Wilde. And mm -hmm. um, he, he's now uh, head of Crossrail. Yeah. And yeah. He brought me in and he used to talk about hearts and minds about safety. So you really got to believe it. You've got to get into the engagement of the guys. And with him and a lady called Linda Salt, who has unfortunately passed away, uh, she was a health and safety professional for, for Siemens or, or Invensys at the time. They, they really started to give me a bit of underpinning knowledge. So I did my ARSH, uh, managing safely. Uh, they, they got me on um, some of the, uh, the groups um, to deal with the different uh, behavior-based safety. So they used to do something called stop and talk, where you yep. talk to someone about kit. It was, it was always interesting because, you know, there's a different aspect of safety about, you know, inspectors going out and marking things wrong. Mm -hmm. And you could have a real, you, on, on the stop and talk, it was all about the positives as well as the negatives. So if someone, you know, the, the basic stuff, the low, the low um, lying fruit, you know, someone's not got the right PPE on. Okay, that, that's an easy one. But this was, you know, these guys have got good safety behaviours. They're acting really safely. They're working safely. You know, they've stopped work and something's not right. Their paperwork is really good. You know, things like that. They've gave me a brilliant briefing. You can then fill that out and give them some feedback. I mean, I'm saying filling out. Everything's electronic now, isn't it? No one fills anything yeah, out. Yeah, it's all on tablets now, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, that's, that's obviously fantastic. But that, that was that engagement. Um, was, was really good for me. It's really good to have somebody in a very senior position um, at a company like Invensys at the time to really say, I want you to take the next step. I don't just want you to be a, um, a director of a supply company. To be, I want you to be leading from the front. I want you to be pushing hard. So he was always challenging me to sort of um, do better for myself. And, and you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to prove that I could because he was, you know, he had a lot of senior people under him, people like um, Rob McIntosh, who's like head of um, L&E now for Network Rail. 
the managing director, uh, influenced people like Richard Cooper. Uh, he, he was a real safety leader at the time. Um, so we, we looked at different things and we looked at work safe, um, go home safe, be safe, dif different ideas, trying to get the guys to sort of understand, you know, why we wanted them to be safe, try and get that uh, awareness um, about, you know, if they do something dangerous on site, how that might impact their families. And it was just trying yeah. to get that. And, and we talked to them about that and we did various uh, um, interfaces with them where we go on site and talk to them about that. And I got a nomination from my um, old director and he put me forward for, there's something called in the IRSC, which for anyone who's done railway or signaling, it's the Institute of Railway Signal Engineers. Mm -hmm. They've got a, a safety award called the Wing Award. Yeah. And uh, Mark Wilde had won this award. And my director put me forward for it and I won it as well. And by that time, Mark had left and um, I sort of sent a little email to say, just so you know, Mark, for your positivity, mm -hmm. your encouragement, I've got this, I've got this award. And uh, as I say, I still, I still speak to Mark now. Um, he's obviously on Crossrail and, and my craft don't pass as much, but it taught me, if you can be positive to people about safety, um, it, it can drive, drive them on. And I try and be that, you know, be that with my guys and my team and, and the girls who work for us on site. Um, you know, it's, it's that enthusiasm. And you've obviously had the enthusiasm. Yeah. You, you, you know, you've always been the one to come up with different ideas and different approaches and, you know, trying something new. And, you know, there are some things which the guys think, oh, it's brilliant. And there's other things which I don't. And, and things like your safety stand downs where the pizza, you know, yeah. Yeah. let's have a shift off. Mm -hmm. Let's not worry about this shit. And, you know, you had great support from the management. Let's not forget that. But yeah. then you can get yeah. them around. And it's not 50 blokes in a room, is it? It's, you know, little groups of guys chatting about different things. They're moving to different areas. And, and, that, and that's mm -hmm. where it has to be. But we're, we're always, you know, looking for the next idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to an Amy stand down safety day a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it was it was one of the best ones that I've ever been to. And yeah, I saw you post that on LinkedIn. That was excellent. Honestly, Blair, it was they, they had it on all week. It was up in um, uh, Bedfordshire Way, and I, I did say to him, it's one of the best ones I've been to. And bearing in mind with COVID, it makes it really hard to have safety engagements mm -hmm. at the moment. You know, there's very few. It was outside, mm -hmm. everyone was socially distanced. Um, there was there were small groups going around different areas. So there was a civils area. Yep. It was um, like a troughing route, which was absolutely awful. And you had to spot 50 problems with it. And it was the paperwork. There was like a, a cut cable. There was all little things. And mm -hmm. then after you had your, your 10 minutes, you then went and looked at the, the how it should be. Mm -hmm. And you got marked. And then you went round the signaling, the OLE. Uh, and it was, just, it was just really good because I was with a couple of track guys um, yeah, with a, um, a P-Way guy as well. And I never, I didn't know these guys at all. And we got on really well. Um, it was really interesting. And at the end, um, there was a, a guy there called Johnny Nelson, who's a boxer. Um, mm -hmm. And they sort of said, he's going to talk to you about boxing. And, you know, his, his sort of rise from, again, working class roots and how he got into boxing. And he's, he's brilliant. He's, he's, because most boxers, you know, they always say they, you know, undefeated, you know, undefeated. He goes, I started off and I was terrible. 
I lost like um, <laughs> seven of my first fights and he was great. And then he talked about mental health. He said, you know, you, you, yep. you get to this point where I was like, you know, the, the welterweight champion of the world. You know, what did I do after that when I got injured? How did I deal with that? And he was, he was talking to the guys. And what I loved about it, that everyone was engaged with him. You know, there was a senior uh, project manager, there was a project director, there was a trackman. Everyone was asking him questions. Yep. And he touched on a subject as well, which I think is really good to talk about, diversity. Mm -hmm. You know, black life matters. You know, some really interesting subjects, which, you know, it was it was great to get it from his perspective. And again, he's got some really good stories about it. And I, I recommend the way he engages with everyone is, is fantastic. And, I, I, you know, I, I think Amy Rail to do that at such a difficult time was, was yeah. so important. And, and again, I got to see my guys out on site. I was I was out there for the day. Um, we got well fed. And as you know, you've got to keep uh, the army well. Yeah. It's about the morale, isn't it? Yep. You know. You, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it, it was good. So yeah, I'm, I'm out tomorrow. Um, I'm still trying to get involved in that as much as possible. Obviously, I've not been up to Scotland since the whole lockdown, which is, which is disappointing. But mm -hmm. you know, I, I understand that, and I, but I did. Um, at the start of lockdown, I did do a virtual safety tour. Mm -hmm. And you will know that um, the site, uh, Fullerton Drive, was, was in, in excellent, excellent condition. Um, <laughs> you know, there was a one-way system. All the guys had packs, everything. Every, you name it. Um, but, again, it was, it was 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, and the guys are going, you know, Hensa, what are you doing? And I'm going we're having a virtual safety tour. And he's going, well, you shouldn't be talking to me at 10 o'clock. I'm saying, but it's great, isn't it? And he's saying, it was Big Ian Kemuel, one of the guys who works for me. And it, was, it, was, it was really good. And I spoke to all the guys. They felt safe. They felt secure. You know, because, as, as, you know, the whole COVID thing, you know, we want to protect our families, which is so yeah. important from it. But people have to work as well. Mm -hmm. So if you can go into work and it's safe, that, that's, that's really important. So, um you know, hats off, and, and we got some great ideas because we was even at that time. You know, my company MPI, we we were all working from home, and and, and Gemma, the operations manager, she's done brilliantly to get everyone back. But some of the ideas we got from the safety tour, the one-way system, um, on the toilets, you know, the vacant, not vacant. You know, you have yep. to do it. You know, everything, the temperature test. You know, we we we've gone above and beyond to do that, and. Um, yeah, and again, it goes back to it, sharing best practice, Blair, as we both know. There's no, there's no point reinventing the safety wheel. Mm -hmm. If you've got a good idea, yeah. you know, you're the sort of person to share it, aren't you? You know, yeah. you know when you attend your safety forums, mm -hmm. you know, if you've done something which is really good, you yeah. share that. Because at the end of the day, it's good for your company and it's good for the companies you work for in the past. But most importantly, it can save someone's life. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. think I think that's I think that's that's the most important thing. So you know, we've always been happy to share with some of our competitors some of the best practices that we do, and you know, social media now with LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, all the other ones. You know, we we put it out there. So if somebody wants to do the same, and and I had a couple of people phone me up about the virtual safety tour to say, you know, how did it work? And I said it was great because you, if you haven't seen anyone for six months. You know, you're a people person, I'm a people person. It's about yeah. talking face-to-face -face and engaging, isn't it?
they start to forget what you sound like and what you look like, don't they? And it's, it's about building relationships, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah. know, because you might talk to someone one day and it might be a great day for them and it's everything's fine, but you just might mm-hmm. talk to them that day and it's not, not a good day. And, that, and that's how relationships with people become stronger. And, you know, you, you learn how people work and, you know, that, 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 that's something which is key. And that's something which has been hard during this period. But, you know, prior to that, it, it was speaking to the guys and talking to the guys. Mm-hmm. So. so tell us a little bit more about your career journey through MPI then, Simon. So you went from being a young, fresh-faced recruiter. What was your next step on the ladder from there? Well, as I say, it, 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 was, it was entering... Um, you know, the rail side. And as I say, you know, I was very fortunate that the, uh, Steve Johnson, um, uh, a Yorkshireman, very proud Yorkshireman, he, he, um, he's, he got me to a, a level and, you know, we started dealing with lots of different clients then, you know, people like Atkins and mm-hmm. Alston and GEC and then Network Rail. And it was just building the business. And, you know, we, we've gone from, um, predominantly supplying people all over the country you know we're the biggest signaling supplier in the UK on LUL and metro projects but we also took on some fixed price packages of work mm-hmm. so you know the biggest one we've done is a platform extension a signaling element for about five million pounds um, but again you know that that in itself is is really challenging because yeah. you know you're putting you're putting budgets together you're bidding for work you know and we we I've always had a process where, you know, I've always known my limitations. I'm not a signaling expert. I've got a professional head of signaling. I've got some excellent signaling guys. I've got a very, very basic knowledge. Um, but I was using my guys to, to price it. And, you know, margins are tight. You know, and we've got to put in there, you know, we had to have a, a, a safety representative on site trying to work out the number of shifts. You know, you guys earn a lot of money, so we've got to pay you a decent rate. You know, yep. it's all about this. And, you know, it's, it's trying to get that balance right. Now, I have to be honest, you know, we, we learned a lot of lessons on that commercially, on, on how to work. But we, we got, you know, it's a fantastic um, um, job for us because, you know, we delivered it with the satisfaction of the client. But most importantly, we delivered it without any accidents or incidents. And it was, it was like a double edge. The first job that we've done like that, mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was really pleasing for us to do that. And, and to be honest, you know, our, our, our guys are slightly different because, you know, they're not, we don't supply so many of the, the guys at the coal face. You know, our guys come in and, you know, they do the testing installation, but then they're, they're not sort of, you know, the, the companies that they work for, you know, safety is, is key. You know, they've got the confidence from us and from our clients to stop. Um, I, I still think there's potentially some companies out there who still, you know, take a bit of risk, but we've always been very fortunate that we can, we can stop that. And it's a bit like um, uh, the safety award tomorrow. You know, one of our guys stopped another contractor doing something which is, which is dangerous. And when I send you the picture of it, you will not believe it. You will not believe it. It was a, it was a guy under um what's the best way to describe it it's under a machine there was a bit of um troughing underneath this machine and it was just yes he just you know it was amazing and our guy had the courage to turn around and say that's not safe stop and that for me was brilliant 
that was to be able to inspire your people and that's one of the reasons why I asked you to come on Simon I've worked with your guys in and out over my entire career on the railway and had a great understanding of how they operate and them being able to speak up and have that confidence to speak up. Some of the toughest safety briefings I've ever done is a room full of MPI guys asking you questions <laughs> about it and wanting to know more information. But it's all good that they're, they're able to speak up and really have that engagement with you. But that, that in fairness is is a positive for you because there's nothing worse than doing a briefing and sending there any questions and, and the guy saying quiet yeah. all they want to do is get out mm -hmm. you know you they've got the confidence that they can talk to you mm -hmm. and and you you talk to them as you would do anyone and yeah. that and that's the way it has to be you know and, I, and I, i've always had the philosophy you know in my in my personal life and my working life you treat people as you want to be treated yeah. So, you know, um, you know, my first times when I used to go to Scotland, you know, people used to say to me, you know, why are you spending so much time in Scotland? And I said, because, you know, it's about, you know, meeting people and engaging with people and, and talking with people. And, you know, I remember some of the sites I used to go to and, you know, they weren't always in the, in the safest of areas. But mm -hmm. I used to like to, you know, I used to like to walk from the train station to the sites. And I just, you know, to see the people, to see the, and I, I'll tell you what, you know, touch wood, I've always had, you know, excellent uh, um, experiences up there. I've never had any trouble. Um, it's always been great. The guys have always been great. They've always been pleased to see you. And, and, and that's how it's worked. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, as I say, you know, you, you've had that experience. You, you, you work in a, in a similar way to why you want to talk to the guys, don't you? You yeah. want to get their get trust, line engagement, build the trust, build the relationship up so that you can trust them to go out and carry out the operations and they'll come and speak to you when something's wrong. And that was great, fostering that with them and knowing a little bit about their background, a bit about their family, a bit about their situation, to be able to build that relationship with them. It's a great way of working. Because you want, you want that trust. That if there is something serious, mm -hmm. And there's, and there's two ways to look at it. I mean, they, they may have been involved in something serious. Mm -hmm. uh, something serious might have happened to them. And, you know, that it, it, it's not always easy for the guys to talk up. Mm -hmm. But there's also, if they've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've all been investigations where, the, you know, you want the guy to just be open and honest. Yeah. Put his hands up. Because we all do it. Every day we all make mistakes. You know, I've seen you driving. You know, we all we all know that mistakes happen all the time mm -hmm. and you want that relationship for a guy to say, you know, I have made a mistake. I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, and he hasn't got the fear factor. Yeah. You know, cause we, and that's, we've got to encourage that as well. We don't want mistakes to happen and we will retrain people. We're mentor people. We'll correct the action, but we want them to have that confidence. We don't want them hiding stuff. We don't want the sort of, you know, you know, can't, can't tell Blair, can't tell Simon. We want that, don't we? We want a bit of banter. We want them to be laughing at our shoes and the state of our hair. So you know, <laughs> we want that. But at the same time, when there's something serious, you know, that's that's as well. And you know, I, mean, I remember having a conversation, particularly, uh, I think it was on, on one of the projects up in Glasgow. We were talking about fatigue mm -hmm. and people were saying about how important it was. And I, I challenged the, the manager and I said to him, I said, right, you've been on the railway 20 years, most of it nights. How many times has a guy ever phoned up and said he, he's not coming in because he's too tired? 
Mm -hmm. He said, I haven't had, they, you know, they might say they're ill, they might say, and I said, you know, that, that we, we, we want to encourage that at times. Yeah. Again, some of the guys, they might have, their daughter might be ill off school, they've got to look after their kid all day, and you want them to have the confidence to say, I'm not coming in today, I've not been able to sleep, and have that trust. And the yep. guy, you know what, don't worry about it, you've worked, you've worked half me the last two years, three months, four weeks, have that night off, thank you for doing that. And, that, and that's what we try and do, and that's what we try and build in, in the guys on the sites. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a journey though, isn't it? That's what we say, don't we? Yeah. It's, a, it's a journey, and it's, yep. it's about developing, isn't it? You continue to build those relationships and foster them as you go through your career and try and keep them moving. If we move on a little bit then, Simon, if we talk about what's been your biggest challenge across your career, health and safety-wise. I think, I think the, big, the biggest challenge was, I mean, I've, I've always, from an MPI perspective, you know, even from a young age, I've always had the full support of my, of my company. Um, I mean, I think originally when we first started, um, the chairman couldn't believe, you know, how much he was spending on PPE, you know, because mm. again, we always wanted to get the best, best PPE for the guys and, and do what we can. And, you know, it, it was a different world. You know, he, he was a former, you know, engineer. He, he didn't really understand, you know, you provide your own boots, your own. And I said, no, 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 we want them to have, we've got to be a certain standard. We want them to, so it, you know, I had to get those guys to trust me and then, and, and then engage with the clients. And, you know, um, I, I guess, you know, working with different people to, to, to you know, integrity is key in this business. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know, liars are easily found out. You know, yeah. we, we, we have a certain level, you know, we treat our staff very well. Um, so, you know, initially for me, it was to get MPI on board. You know, I, I mentioned about the early challenges, you know, some agencies in, in, in all types of business, in utilities and railways, you know, they look at individuals as, as, as pure ways to make as much money as possible. Okay. And a lot of those companies don't last very long. A lot of those individuals who work for those companies, they'll jump around, they'll work for lots of different people. Mm -hmm. Um, because the guys don't get their PPE when they want it. They don't get their training when they want it. They don't do, you know, their manual handling. They don't do this, the specific skills and training and, and, and what they require. But that does cost a lot of money. Yeah. It's yep. not cheap. And you can kind of see why they want to do it because they're trying to maximize as much as they can. And we've never had that. And, you know, I, I've, in, with, with my team, and I'm very lucky with, with, with Gemma, the operations director, MPI, that, you know, she's driven that with the whole team that, mm -hmm. you know, we, we always ensure that the guys get what they need. Um, we reward the, the positive behavior. Um, and then it's just, it's developing, you know, with the clients because every, every, every client that we have has a different view on safety. I mean, every, everyone's trying to develop their own safety culture. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Network Rail have got their life-saving rules. Yep. You know, Siemens have got the four steps. Um, Alstom have got um, a different type of rules. Um, Atkins have had um, uh, a different type. Uh, uh, I think it was a, a it was a type of cultural safety, which I did about a guy called Steve Winton about mm -hmm. six or seven years ago. They were the leaders of it for a while. Yep. Different people work, and 
you know, I've got guys and they're going, right, is it, is it the life-saving rules? Is it, yeah. is it the, you know, what am I, the golden rules? Yeah. Uh, the safety, the Southern Safety Shield. There's lots of different um, cultural safeties, but at the end of the day, there's, there's some very, very key elements. And, you know, we adopted the four steps to zero harm. Mm -hmm. It kind of said to us what the guys needed. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, it was, you know, it was four. You know, it's quite easy to learn and understand. And, you know, I love the engagement with, with, with the four steps because, you know, be fit for work. You know, you can have a real good conversation with a guy about that because what does fit for work mean? You know, is he physically fit? You know, has he got a bad back? Has he got a bad knee? You know, how did he hurt his knee? You know, is your medication? Um, you know, the fatigue element, you know, has he had, a, you know, has he traveled too far? Has he got local accommodation? Is he staying in digs? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, most importantly now, and it's, it's, it's something which is great that we're all discussing, now, mentally, is he fit for work? You know, mm. um, what goes on behind people's closed doors? We don't really know. But you have, you're having these conversations. And, Especially in and the climate as well with COVID-19. Oh, God. People yeah. are going out to work. They're in that alpha state. They're worried about what's happening in the world generally if they're going to have a job next week when in unprecedented times. Correct, correct. So we, we, we adopted some of the best practice from some of our clients and we, we've got some mental health first aiders. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got a guy who does a lot of our training. He's our, our stress counsellor, a guy called Pete Pay. He's a fantastic guy. Um, Pete used to work in our aviation sector. And um, aviation is quite strange because, you know, they, they have got some terrific processes with regards to health and safety. Yeah. Um, and they do something called human factors. Yeah, yeah. I had Colin Russell on a couple of weeks ago, who's director right. of Flyby. Um, that was making a first foray into crew resource management yeah. and having a bit of an understanding of that was one of the training courses my wife done when she was an airline cabin crew that Colin right. had written for Thomas Cook called yeah. Safe at Heart. So right. that was an excellent piece of training and it was really interesting. That's all based on the kind of human factors, how you approach people, how you have a conversation with someone, how the conversation's received. So the, the top ranking captain on the aircraft who's effectively the manager or the director, yeah. how he can then interact and take a complaint from one of the, the lower level crew or someone that's less ranking than him and take it seriously and act upon it as if it was the co-pilot that had raised it, for example. Yeah. So there's no kind of bias there. It's all broken down into that sphere that they'll, they'll take it really seriously, no matter who it was that raised it as part of the team. And it's all about fostering that team relationship as well. So really it's, interesting stuff. Well, I, I've, I've done the course and um, we, we presented the course to other industries. And, and, and as I say, again, the guy who runs it, He's a great guy. He engages. I mean, he's, he, he's worked for MPI for many years, 20 years. He's, he's ran our aviation sector. He's now doing the training. Uh, he's claimed to fame. Uh, once a year, he used to have to move Concord. Mm -hmm. Concord was stationed at Bristol, and he used to move that. So, you know, when he talks to and trains our guys in the railway and aviation about human factors, you know, he, he's, he's been on the tools. You know, he knows... Mm -hmm. what it's like to sit there in and he always says you know there you are you know you're looking at me i'm overweight i'm old 
and I'm, I'm telling you this, this human factors training about something which you're going to be bored about. And he says, you know, I know that. So I'm going to try and make it as interesting as possible to get you engaged as possible. And the thing is, if one of these people, sometimes you're laughing with him, sometimes you're laughing at him, mm-hmm. and he knows that. And that's all about, you know, almost comic timing, but he, he gets you engaged. And, and um, we, we did have a, a day um, on a railway project with, with Alston, and he, he presented to, uh, to a number of the railway guys. And again, you know, because I, I, I don't know about um, railways, but I know about safety. And I know about the importance and, you know, he, he really got into the guys. And afterwards, the guys are coming up. So oh, he's great. We love him. And he's, he now does a lot of our, our small tools, our first aid. And um, I think the, one of the biggest, um, most pleasing things, which I shared with him, he, he did a, a first aid course, basic first aid course for some of our guys in Manchester. And about two months later, uh, there's a member of the public who collapsed with a heart attack and mm-hmm. both of our guys uh, resuscitated him. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we've got some fantastic feedback. They saved the guy's life and it was amazing. And one of them phoned me up and he said, I just want you to know, he went, I really, really panicked. He went, I, I, I kind of froze. He goes, the other guy I was with, he's ex-army. So it was like that switched on mentality because I'm not, I didn't feel comfortable. And he said, the training which you had provided for your guy, all of a sudden kicked in. Mm -hmm. I kind of knew what to do. And he goes, can you just pass on my thanks to him? So I phoned up Pete and he's from Bristol. And he goes, all right, mate. And I'm saying, yeah, Pete, I've got some good news. And I told him and he went, brilliant. And again, it's about being positive, isn't it? It's having that engagement. You know, he's done thousands of first aid courses thousands and you know he won't know how many people have used that but he does know that pretend you know he has saved somebody's life yeah one, uh, one call. And it, was, it was fantastic and we got a phone call and it was great so yeah so the human fact human factors the aviation side you know that, that they've got a diff very different take on that i mean we supply guys who, who repair pa- um, tank repairs Mm-hmm. aircraft engines i mean these these guys are extremely safety critical yeah they fly all over the world you know aircraft on ground um, my director for aviation a guy called john herbert he gets the phone call you know the flights are booked they're out in geneva last week they've been in the cayman islands they go everywhere mm-hmm. um and they repair these these leaking uh, aircraft jet two tui uh, virgin you know these guys and again, they've got the human factors training, they've got the yeah. confined space, they've got, you know, they're, they're, they're skilled engineers, but it all comes at a cost, Blair. And I think, you know, you've got to be so, you know, we, we, when we do our budgets, you know, it's a big element of us to say, yeah. and, and there's a lot of competition out there and everyone wants to undercut, everyone wants to be the cheapest, everyone wants to, um, you know, there has to be some value. Uh, and we know that, don't we, that the cheapest isn't always the best. You need to have that quality there behind it and you can't yeah. do it for free, you know? No, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that on a basis that you, you, you do see it and you do see the guys. And, and sometimes the guys, the guys will push, push their sort of companies too much and they'll sort of like, they'll, they'll demand more money. When there isn't any more money in the pot, 
and mm. you know um, they won't get the the PPE or the training they need. And I've always fought back against that. I've always said, you know, this is this is what we you know, we pay you. This is a service that is expected us from our clients that we will provide you with this. You know, that 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 that's it. Um, but it is that 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 probably at the moment in the current environment is is the biggest challenge because as I say, the company now you know we've we've got a great safety culture at MPI, you know we've sharing best practice we've we've got involved in you know the behavioural uh, safety the human factors, um, we're also looking at the the mental health of the people who work for us, you know the general health. You know, we, we have um, step challenges for our guys and girls who work in the office, you, yeah. know, um, you know, who can do the most steps. I think one of the records was on a project. There was one lady, one of our testers did about 25,000 steps in a shift. Mm-hmm. So we put that out and then it's a challenge. And then you get, yeah. I'm getting a message and then it's like 26, 27. I don't believe you. Send me a picture. And it was really going for it. And it was great, you know, and it's about this. We did a sleeping one, you know, what sort of hour sleeps are people doing? So we're, we're, we're really focused on that. And, you know, we won last year for our company size, um, Britain's Healthiest Workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a, that was a, a fantastic triumph. But again, um, that was a, do you remember Nairi? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just had a chance conversation with her one day about, you know, Britain's healthiest workplace and what you had to do. And again, she shares some best practice. Yeah. So this is what we do. And it's all about sharing it across the businesses as well, isn't it? It helps everybody. And, you know, it was two way because we got happier employees and guys mm-hmm. out on site. Yep. And we got fantastic recognition for it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, it's, it's a win-win, isn't it? You know, if I if I have an excellent safety record, mm-hmm. you know, I we will get more work. You know, yeah. and and that and that's the key thing. You know, um, so we you know we've got to promote that. You know, I don't I don't want people phoning me up saying, "Oh, your guys, you know, are poorly trained and they've got rubbish PPE and they've got terrible mm-hmm. safety behaviours," because you won't you won't get get work on that basis. We want to. We want guys to come up, you know, someone used to say it was like the Ferrari team, you know, they've got to wear the, the nice trousers, yep. uh, the shirt, you know, everything needs to be clean. And, you know, and they all want to wear it because it's right. got the Ferrari logo on it, it looks good, it yeah. looks stylish, it fits well, it's comfortable to wear, yeah. yeah. The other thing that I want to bring up as well, Simon, is let's talk about the trainee signalling installer scheme that MPI came up with. It was a great bit of innovation and it was groundbreaking for the industry at the time that you came up with it. Can you tell us a little bit of the detail behind that, how it came about and how you implemented it? You know, um, sustainability, you know, is, is, is hugely um, popular. It's, it's something which we all talk about, you know, on all the tenders, um, you know, uh, it was a challenge, you know, the industry that, that, that you were in and, uh, and I'm in, you know, the, there hasn't been a lot of investment in certain areas for young, young people. You know, there, there's a lot of apprentices with the main companies and they do some, you know, Network Rail and Siemens and Alstom and Atkins and Amy and they, they have a lot of good apprentices. But for the, for the lower level guys, there wasn't really that, that career path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
we we wanted to bring something to the party and um you know we we were thinking about different ways that we could and i suppose it ticked a few boxes it was trying to bring local people to local projects mm -hmm. guys guys who lived in glasgow to work yeah. on projects in glasgow mm -hmm. guys who don't have to travel six hours to get to a job and stay over and miss their family and it was all about getting these guys in uh, yeah. providing them with quality really good quality training yeah um, and giving them a, a career path and, and giving them a good qualification and experience and you know giving them you know support and mentorship and and you know we we did that on, on various projects for various clients, you know, um, Alstom and, and Atkins, but predominantly Siemens, particularly, particularly in Glasgow and, you know, Campbell Braid really bought into it and we got a lot of good guys in. Mm. Um, and also on the um, Thameslink project in London, uh, we had a, a few, quite a few guys on that. I mean, two of the guys um, now work for Network Rail. And this is the other thing, we're, we're, we're taking guys in we're getting them the experience. They all had the training. They all had, you know, the safety training. Um, some some really good young uh, men and women mm -hmm. uh, from all different backgrounds. You know, predominantly working class backgrounds, from all different backgrounds. And you know, some of them still work for us. Some of them have gone permanent, which is great. Some of them have gone to different clients. Some of them have network rail, mm -hmm. and it was just giving them that opportunity. And you know it. It was it was great, and you know the next opportunity we're always pushing to do it. I mean, I'm I'm a big supporter about developing young people, but it wasn't just about young people because we had people from different careers. We had electricians, we had guys from um, the oil and gas industry. Yeah, and you know the railways are unusual, as we both know, Blair, because mm -hmm. you know you work nights a lot. Yeah, you work weekends. You know, I'm sure your family and friends have said to you when you worked on the railway, you know, you work every bank holiday, Christmas. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. It is it's a funny bit a life field in a job, isn't it? It is. And it doesn't it doesn't suit everyone, to be fair. You know, it doesn't it doesn't suit everyone. Um, you know, I've had some guys who, who just it's it's not for them. And they yeah. hold their hands up and say, I can't do the nights, I can't do the weekends, you know. Chris, I mean, Christmas, it, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But we, we, we've been very fortunate that we, we've developed some really good young people mm -hmm. and, and they've got a, a career path in, in, the, in the railways. And it, and it ticks that sustainability box because you know, that's the point, you know, particularly now with regions, you want that region, those people, you know, to, you know, they, they take pride. They want their railways to be good. They want their railways to be first class because, you know, when we're back on the trains, it is the best way of traveling about, unless you've got an electric car. But, um, you, know, <laughs> you just think you'd throw that one in there, Simon. <laughs> but it is really, isn't it? You know, when you look at it, the, 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 the systems in place, you know, it is, it's a fantastic way to get out. We're trying to reduce the, the, the cars on the, on the road. The railways are great. They're trying to make them efficient. They're trying to make them faster. Um, we're currently um, supporting um, Hitachi on the, the SPT project mm -hmm. at the moment. But again, two of those lads on that job for us, you know, three years ago, had no railway experience, had no signaling experience.
Yeah. And they've been developed. You know, they developed at Siemens. They're now working for someone else. They might work for Siemens again. They might work for a Babcock, a network rail. And, you know, it's about that experience and, and investing. And, and they're local to the job. You phone them up and it's like, you know, oh, it's 20 minutes away. It's lovely because, you know, a lot of people in the railway do, do move around the country. So it, yeah. it, it, it's, well yeah. you know, it's, it's something that as a, as a business, you know, we, we invested. I mean, I think we, we worked it out over a million pounds in training, easy mm-hmm. a million pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've got some really good people. And as I say, for every young person who might leave us and go to a new company, um, we've got new people coming in. Mm-hmm. We, we've also got the more mature people who have entered retirement age, they're coming in as well. And that sends, sets us different challenges because they've come out of a big company and, and, and they then want to do part-time work and, you know, mm-hmm. it's getting them engaged and, and what you know, a great they, they, skill set to have that crossover between your young fantastic. people that are coming through as trainees yeah. and people that have been there, done it and seen it all and be able yeah. to bring them along under the wing and teach them a little bit of their experience. But, and, and that's how the railway used to always work. And, it, and it's nice that that's still happening because, you know, there, there's nothing better than learning someone who's got some good experience. And yeah. it goes back to it. If that, that elder person, that more mature person is good at interacting, he, mm-hmm. he'll recall what it was like for him. You know, he'll give them the positives, you know, when he sees them. You know, and I, I used to say this about one of the guys in Glasgow about the stop and talk. He said, oh, oh, why am I going out to pat someone on the back for doing a good safety brief? And I said, hold on a minute. I said, what you've got to remember is, I'll drop his name because you know. I said, you're, you're, you're Jerry Finn. You know, you're the best signaling engineer in Scotland. If you say to a low, you know, installer, cos, you know, somebody who's just starting off their trade, well done, that was a fantastic briefing. Well done, that was a great bit of work that guy is going to be made up. And he goes, do you think? And I said, Jerry. I said, and I think, I think that's the thing that, you know, when you, when you reach, it's, it's about that praise. And the guys did, the guys did. And yeah. it's again, different journeys, you know, different, different conversations. And, you know, I'm sure there was challenges that you had, Blair, mm-hmm. with, you know, the old, give the guys a stick, you know, just be firm with them. That doesn't work. You know, we're in a different generation now, but there will yeah. still be some of those voices. Oh, you're too soft on these guys. Mm-hmm. Come on, don't, don't. But, you know, being positive with people, with the, with the guys and girls that you have on the ground, is, is, is you get so much back from that. You get so yeah, much. Back definitely. definitely. Um, now, we're not, we're not taking them for fools. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to have those, those hard conversations at time. Yeah. It's, um, Oh, we've had plenty of them as well over the years. Haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we, we've sat down and talked it through, haven't we? Definitely. So, Definitely. So, so, it's all about that working relationship, isn't it? So if we continue on a little bit then, Simon, where do you see yourself progressing to in the future? This is going to be quite an interesting one for you because you're at the pinnacle of your career. You're massively respected in the rail industry. You've done great things with MPI, getting to the stage that you're at with the business. What's next? Well, I'm, I'm, you, know, you, you won't be able to tell, but I'm still, I'm still you know, a, a fairly young guy. Yep. I'm, only, I'm only in my 40s. I mean, I know I look a lot older, but that, that's, that's, that's the night shifts and, and, and the early mornings and, and the children and having to deal 
do with you, Blair. But um, no, no. In, in all fairness, you know, um, it's developing. It's developing staff within MPI. Mm. Um, it's, it's still maintaining and, and building the company. Um, yeah. I've, I've mentioned, you know, the aviation sector, which is which is. And I've been hit really hard, as you probably know, by, by COVID. You know, we, we had about 150 guys working at TUI doing the aircraft maintenance. And, mm-hmm. you know, because of, of what's happened, you know, that's been, that's been reduced significantly. So, you know, I, I, I do love working in different areas. Um, you know, we've, we've, we're starting to set up a division to do utilities. We see mm-hmm. that as a real positive. We've got some guys who cross over into utilities. Um, and we're looking to grow and develop that. Um, you know, that, that, that for me, you know, I've mentioned about the training, the training is growing. Um, but again, you know, developing a sustainable business where we can bring in local people. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of apprentices at MPI, a lot of young people coming through. Um, we've recently had um, somebody I know from, from a baby join us, which, which makes me feel dreadfully old. And we've got a very good apprenticeship it's championing those young people to come up mm-hmm. you know work in different areas what areas can work in finance you know uh, payroll credit control safety for us all the different areas what he's going to find exciting um and and still and still carry the charge and 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 leave from the front with the engagement um maintain that as much as i can and um now that 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 for me is my plan. And I've still got an extremely young family, so um, you know I, 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 I'm a great believer in work-life balance. Yeah, really, really important. You know, to to go out to work, but you also need to spend time with your family. And you know, I've I've got a, a big team, and you know, a lot of them are fathers and mothers. Um, and you know, I don't, I've never been that dad who misses a school play. You know, yeah, I try and make whenever I can to, to pick them up from school or take them to school. Not every day because it's not always possible, or it's mm-hmm. probably a bit easier now because uh, there's not so much travel. But you know, when it when it's busy, I try and do that. I try and have an afternoon off with them if I if I worked um, at an evening uh, dinner or something. I try and spend that time, and it's getting the other people in my team to do that as well, Blair. And I think that's that that work life balance is really key. Because you can work all the hours, you can burn yourself out, but you've got one family, and as as you know, you know yeah. they're only young for a, such a, a short time. Mine are yeah. a bit older than yours, but um, you know I think that's really important. Um, you know we've you know our team we've got we've had we've had work we've got a lot of working mums, mm-hmm. um, and we we've we've been really good at supporting them in the COVID time because obviously it was a working from home and then we returned to work and then. Some of them couldn't come back because they're children. So, you know, we, we, we've done that. But, you know, as I say, I, I, I try and do that myself and I try and lead. The, you know, I'm happy to, to be in my fancy suit picking up the kids from school or in my oranges picking up the kids from school. And I, I tell you what, one of, the, one of the best experiences I had was a couple of years ago, I had to speak to the children in the class about mm-hmm. my job. And, you know, I, I use experiences of people like yourself and people like the guys in Glasgow and other railway projects. And we talked um, about safety and we talked about mental health and we talked about fatigue. And one of the girls in the class, um, her name's Chloe, her dad worked on the railway. 
And she was saying a dad always works nights and how tired he was in the mornings and how mm -hmm. she was always trying to wake him up. <laughs> and it was just having that engagement, you know, with her. And we, we, we got the, you've got to have a lookout horn in a classroom. I mean, everyone loves that, you know, blowing the horn and the flags. And unfortunately we didn't get the debts out, but it was great. And it was like, you know, why, why, why have you got safety glasses? Why have you got these, these gloves, you know, and, and what are they? And it, it was great. And I, lo I love doing that. And, you know, it's trying to put as much more in as I can. Um, you know, I've, I've been very privileged to, to get to the position where I am. And, um, you know, I, w I want my staff to, to develop as I have, you know, I, I've come up through the ranks and, you know, it is about, you know, engagement, it's about building relationships and, you know, it's, it's to, to ensure that MPI continues like that. Yeah, I see that as well, that you've brought a lot of people along behind you. I've been dealing with Tom Cartwright in the past, that you've coached up from coming yeah. in from being a young, fresh-faced recruiter to a hardened railway man as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom's one of these guys, you know, he, he, he's probably got more awareness about the, the rules than I have now. Mm -hmm. Now, initially I was a bit, I need, I need to up my game here. But he's interfacing more with the guys. I mean, he done a very good uh, safety video after a recent mm -hmm. incident. And, you know, he took it all on. He got the guy to, to engage. The guy made a, a, quite a, a serious mistake. He got the guy to open up. He got the guy to agree to the video. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he believes it. Now, he's a manager of his department. And I'm watching him talking to his guys like I spoke to him. And again, it's fantastic. And I think, I think that's, that's, that's great to see. And, you know, I, I try not to be too miserable at work. I try to be as, as, as positive as I can to the guys. And, and, you know, whenever they go to site, I'm always extremely grateful. I try and take people with me as much as possible to share the experiences because you have a good conversation on the way there and a good conversation way back. What did you see? What did you learn? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's really important so uh, we've got we've got I'm, I'm very fortunate we've got a really good team uh, it's probably the yeah. best that we've ever had but it is difficult times mm -hmm. you know it's difficult times it, yeah. it has been a struggle you know we've had to furlough staff as I say the aviation side was very quiet um, we do a lot of work with defense mm -hmm. so you know we supply people out in the Falklands um, you know all the, all the all the RAF bases lossy mouth cross across the country Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of us. That that was fairly part. You know, March was a tough time for us. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think you know, there's no point hiding that. We we've had a, a very tough time. So we've looked at how we run as a business, and you know how we can be more efficient. And you know, the home working was brilliant. You know, um, paper. We don't use paper anymore. We had about five photocopies, and if and if you get into the photocopying game, you're a rich man because they cost a fortune. They yep. charge you. But we don't use photocopies much anymore. We've we've cut that down. Um, so yeah, it's 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 learning every day. I mean, I don't know about you, but my my job changes every day. There's there's always a different phone call. There's always a different circumstance. There's always something happening. And as I say, I I, I do love it. And but I do want the young people to come through, and, and and develop. And I'm I'm just trying to give them as much support as I can. Well, that's brilliant, Simon. Just to move on a little bit further then, we'll probably do this as a kind of two-pronged question. So the first one would be, what advice would you give to someone who wants to join the rail industry? 
that's maybe coming out of university just now, just coming off the back of COVID-19, there's not a huge amount of opportunities out there. What would your advice be? Um, I think depending where you are, um, you know, there, there are some really good companies who take on uh, apprentices and graduate schemes. The railway is quite regionalised now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously there's network rail and, you know, there's people like Alstom and, and um, Siemens and you know, Volker Rail, you know, they're, they're, they're a great company to deal with. Yeah. So look, look at those companies, look at the graduate um, transport for London. If you're London based, they do some amazing apprenticeship and graduate schemes. Um, you know, try and get involved in some of the, the local railway. There's quite a lot of preservation railway societies. Mr. Crab, our mutual friend, you know, you don't have to be quite as involved as he is, but you know, a lot of the guys are interested in it, and a lot of those are ex-railway people you can get some great experience from. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, in, in this in this day and age, you know, it is a fantastic career. You know, mm -hmm. what I what I really like about it is that you can have people with first class honours next to guys who have got no qualifications mm -hmm. you know yeah and, and i think that's that diverse spread of people don't you from all different backgrounds and cultures yeah. coming through and i love that and i love that because you know the guy who's got the first class honors will have a perspective mm -hmm. and he'll, he'll look at something he'll deal with something in a certain way but then you've got that 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 guy that working class hero who who hasn't got the qualifications who's who's been on the tools who's seen how it goes wrong who's mm -hmm. seen what poor leadership is who's seen that you know the way that you talk to people if you don't talk to them right and he's learned all that and he gets to a top position you know through for going up the different levels and now that's what i love about the railway that we can all stand there together and we're all equal you know yeah. we are all equal and you know we're all on the ballast together we're all wearing the boots and the, yeah. the glasses and the gloves so yeah but for young for anyone who's going into it, and you don't have to be and the other thing you don't have to be young a young person you could be someone changing careers i think it's a different career option you know there's going to be a lot of people from different uh industries looking for a different career mm -hmm. and you know it's something which is exciting it's something which you can grow into there's lots of different areas, you know, from a commercial to a project management to, yep. to planning to, to, you know, building. You know, there's lots of great opportunities. So I'd, I'd say with the big companies, I think when some of the, the big projects get going, you know, we'll definitely be having the trainee scheme again. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will be nationally. Um, you know, highly recommended from the Safe podcast. Get yourself involved <laughs> with the MPI signal and installer training scheme. Yeah, and you know, I'd, and, and again, those those guys can go into different areas. I'm mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm waiting for the day that one of those is a project manager, a project director, and he came yep. up for a scheme like that, or a designer. You know, he's designed um, the next Crossrail three or four or HS two or something mm -hmm. like that, and that. That, that would be great that someone's done that. And they can. They really can. And I think that's the wonderful thing about the railway. You know, you really have got every opportunity to go into different areas. And, again, when you talk to some of the experienced guys, you know, they don't even know how they got to that career path. <laughs> it should be planned now. But guys used to just go into railway because it was a regular job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say to that person, you know, look look at the different areas and always always reach out to people 
Mm -hmm. If you don't know, always reach and ask. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing about the railway. There's a bit of a family uh, around the railways because I suppose, you know, they're the ones who, the Orange Army, I think they called them at one point, yep. but the, the, the Orange um, guys and girls who give up their Christmas, you mm -hmm. know. I, I always try and get out of Christmas and, you know, social yeah, media. I remember you coming up to Scotland once at Christmas. Yeah. I and being out, out there with the guys on the ground. That's it, and I, I try and do it. But, but I think my biggest ever LinkedIn uh, view, I can't remember the numbers now, but it was on Boxing Day. I went to Thames Link and I went to a few different projects and I got the guys a selection box. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the guy sent me the picture to say thank you. And I must have bought about 200 of these selection boxes. I was dropping on a different site. Even guys who weren't working for me, I was... You know, it was just a thank you for working over Christmas. And, and they like the guys were really great. But it was afterwards, there was like people going, that's, that's brilliant. You've gone out and engaged with the guy. And the guys, guys for it was as well. So that's, 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 that's what I think. But as I say, yeah, look at some of the big companies, you know, look at some of the different, um, obviously there's lots of stuff on LinkedIn, but, uh, you know, Network Rail, TFL, the different regions, there's, you know, the big companies, the Volkers, the Alstons, the Siemens, they'll have apprenticeships, they'll have training graduate schemes, and you won't go far wrong if you get involved with one of those companies. That's brilliant, Simon. And if we move on a little bit from there to talk about what advice would you give to someone starting out in health and safety as a career? Well, I think you obviously need the underpinning knowledge. So, you know, when I when I first started and I got the the, the track safety um, qualification and I did some engagement training which was really useful but when I when I did when I did my ARSH you know the managing safely mm -hmm. um, again I was in there with lots of different people mm -hmm. I was in there with the you know the the guy who'd been on the tools for 20 years and a bit of a skeptic yeah I was there with a young young trainee who was told yet to go on it and then you know I was the lady, the lady taught me, you know, this, this lady called Linda Salt, um, again, fantastic woman, very inspiring, really engaged. You know, she, she said about the underpinning knowledge, you need the underpinning knowledge, you need the basic training to understand and to engage. So for anyone coming to health and safety, you need to have the right qualifications, obviously. It's key, it's key to know, you know, the law. You know, that, 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 that is, that's protecting you and protecting the guys. Um, but, you know, once you've got the qualifications, you know, get the experience. It's the engagement with the people on site. You know, build those relationships. You know, don't don't be the, you know, the the, the health and safety police. You know, mm. don't don't be 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 their. I don't even have to be their friend, but be their colleague. Mm -hmm. You know, you work together. You do, and I know you always for this. You deliver in the project together. Yeah, you're not there. You're not there to stop them from work. You're not there to make it difficult. You're no, there. Make it easier. Get on the solutions, business. Correct. Yeah. 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 You know, um, you know, a, a safe workplace is a productive workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, that 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 that's a really clear message for me. That you know, if the guys are working safely. They're working productively, and you know, you're encouraging that. You're encouraging best practice, and that's something which you know. I've got great respect for you because you did that and you're always looking for innovation as well. Mm -hmm. And that's something else, mm -hmm. you know, for anyone coming to health and safety, don't be afraid to, to think outside the box. Yeah. Don't be afraid 
to ask a silly question. Don't be afraid to come up with something which might not work, but at mm. least you've tried. Yep. At least you've done something and it's positive. And dare I say, you do have to keep on. And it's, it must be great for you because you love, you love coming up with new ideas. <laughs> but you're always challenging yourself. Yep. You don't want a guy to sit there saying, ah, oh, I saw that last week. Yeah. You, know, you want different people engaging with the guys you know you've had some brilliant people over the years engaging with the guys and you know getting them to think outside the box you yeah. know and companies as you know really respect that as well and I, and I remember you know um the managing director for Siemens Matt Kent saying what a great guy you were because you always come up with brilliant suggestions mm-hmm. you know he, he had, didn't really know you that well but I think you met him at one at the end of one of the uh, safety events and you were just chatting and, and he said, this guy Blair was just coming up with these lots of different great ideas. And he went, I want that. And that's what people, you know, you need because you've got to constantly get the engagement and, you know, it, it's so important. Um, the behaviors and the culture of the guys and girls on site that, mm-hmm. you know, when you've got uh, people in positions like yourself, how they work with the people and engage with the people and they, you know, that, that's, that's, that, that's just as important as having a great construction manager. Cause if you've got somebody working in, in health and safety, who isn't being proactive, who doesn't listen, cause that's the other thing. It's all very well talking to somebody, but you've got to listen as well. And I know, and I know you do that because you remember and you'll say to guys, how would you get on with this? And you know, how's your son? And oh, your football team was rubbish at the weekend. And because you're listening, you know, it's that, and that, and, that, and that for me is, you know, so the, un, the underpinning knowledge, getting the right qualifications, the experience on site and, and you know, being out with the guys on site. Don't be that health and safety guy who works Monday to Friday days and all the work takes place on weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys like that sometimes. And, yeah. You know, and I'd, I'd say to those guys, don't do the railway, do, do another industry. Yeah, you know, seen. <laughs> and and you know, come up with the, come up with the, the innovation, different ideas, and you know, and I think things like the, the what you've done has been really good. And mm-hmm. you know, when we did the videos for the guys on, on the, um, the projects up in Glasgow, oh uh, yeah, the little directors toolbox talk, that the was, one, that, was that was that was really good to get you know all of us making a commitment and our guys understanding, and you, you know, you put us you know, out of our comfort zone, you know, mm-hmm. there was lots of different characters there. There was some, I'm thinking of one guy in particular who loved being in front of that camera <laughs> for another agency. You had my, um, you know, a friend of mine and a client of mine, Simon Slan of Ubeek, who yeah. was well out of his comfort zone, you yeah. know. And he'd done a brilliant job. He came in, absolutely smashed it, presented an excellent video. And, you know, his people really received that well, seeing him at maybe three, four o'clock in the morning and full technical or on a video, sitting, giving his commitment to working safely on sites. That's excellent. It's really powerful. And it was was really powerful. And, and, you know, we had some great conversations before the video, during the video and after the video. Because, you know, you're trying to think of what you have to say, which will articulate with the guys in a way that they'll feel responsible for you on site. And, you know, it really gets your soul searching on on what you can do. And me me and Simon had a bit of engagement about it because he was sort of, you know, he was 
he, he wanted to do the best he could. But as I say, it wasn't his comfort zone. You know, mm. he, he can stand in front of a guy on, on, in the forefoot, but you put him in a different place, which is fantastic. And that's yeah. what we want. That's, that's what you, you always want. And, you know, going back to that Amy um, safety day, I had to give a briefing to a, a, to, to a guy who was doing, dropping a load off. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous because I had to read this um, task briefing sheet and I was, and I was going, oh, the, 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 the date's wrong. He went, oh, well done, you spotted that. And then I was trying to talk to the, the driver, but the banksman was, no, I was trying to talk to the banksman, but the driver was pretending to be on his phone and, and I was getting all out of my, and that was a game. That was really good for me because I thought, wow, I've never done this. And, and I, again, it's, it's taking people out of their comfort zone. And I think that's a really good thing to do with safety, take people away from, from what they normally do mm-hmm. and show the spotlight. Give them a better perspective on it, a different perspective. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Simon, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you giving up your time to come and talk to us. It's been fantastic having you on. How do people get in contact with you if they want to come and do a bit of work with MPI? Um, Right. So, if they if they want to get in contact with MPI, uh, if, if they, they can they can search MPI.ltd.uk. Um, they can contact me if they search me on LinkedIn. It's mm-hmm. Simon Henser, H-E-N-S-E-R. Um, you know, I, I I I've got a great relationship with you. It's great to catch up with you. I I, I really enjoy your podcast. I, I I love the different people that you have on. I found it again out of my comfort zone because you've had some amazing people on and they've done some amazing things but again it's sharing different experiences Definitely. you know I, I necessarily wouldn't have listened to those if it wasn't for you and you shared those and it's 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 looking from everyone's different perspective and and, and some of the people you've had have been been amazing but yeah i mean that, that that's one thing that you know it was a great opportunity you know if people want to get in contact with mpi they can you know I, i've done this because i think it's really important to share you know how how i think best practices by engaging with guys on the ground and and, and working with good people like you and, and companies that you work for that's really important mm-hmm. thanks very much Simon. take care mate thank you this podcast is sponsored by inside out group the specialists in high risk and challenging filming and time lapse covering health and safety videos for rail, construction and infrastructure projects nationwide.